This is Paul Myers from Legacy Wealth Management, and it's uh, it's a beautiful day today. And those butter tone linguistic stylings, of course, comes from Paul Myers, who also is known in the world of media. You've been doing a radio show on uh, statewide radio and KFGO for how many years now? I'm sorry. Well, Jason, it's been about uh, 12 years. We started back in about 2008 and were heard on uh, two big stations in North Dakota, KFGO and KFYR, and we're heard all over North Dakota and good part of South Dakota and a good part of Minnesota, as well as, of course, over the Internet. Well, and I was going to say, you know, the, the North Dakota stations, of course, they've got such big booming signals that, you know, a lot of times it covers a five-state region and, of course, Canada, so you get an international audience in there as well, so that's always a nice thing. Uh, but anyway, let's. I, I brought that up because, you know, you, you were one of the early adapters in the world of communications because you've, you, you, of course, also are on the school board, so you understand communications from that level. And that's kind of one of the things we wanted to talk to today about communications, about investing, about taking a look at one of the most volatile industries out there, which is oil and gas, and not talk so much about, you know, what stocks to buy, but more of some of the trends, some of the behaviors, some of the tea leaves maybe to look out for as we get into 2020, because fourth quarter's upon us, man, and people are preparing and they want to know what to do. So uh, how's everything going in your world, first of all? Well, uh, Jason, it's going well, and I will tell you that at Legacy Wealth Management, we have definite opinions about uh, just about every topic that has to do with investing because our attitude is, you know, you really don't want to go and see someone who is a little wishy-washy uh, and doesn't really know what, what direction to head in. We're not always right, and we don't certainly know all of the answers, but we, we do know the questions, and the question is, you know, what's going to happen for the rest of the year and what's going to happen in the 2021. And we feel strongly when we talk about the broad stock market that we're going to see some good things going forward in the market. Um, We think the market has been held back during 2020, obviously by the coronavirus. And we think it's going to improve going forward. And guess what, Jason? I also have some ideas about the oil industry. Well, good. That's why we're here to talk a little bit about the oil industry. I got a lot of questions for you, but let's just start off with the oil and gas industry in your backyard, the Bakken, where you've had quite a bit of, um, you know, quite a bit of uh, firsthand knowledge and firsthand sight, that sort of thing on what's going on. And um, there's, a, you know, it's changed in the last 10 years. Well, it's obviously changed, and it changes not only over 10 years, but literally it seems like every 10 minutes something new comes up. And, and we have some experience with some things. We have a lot of clients who uh, work out in the energy industry, and we have a lot of people who call us and want to know what our take is on it. And I will tell you this. I was pretty tickled to see that the uh, production in North Dakota here within the last couple of days has been reported to be over a million barrels a day uh, back up to that range again. That's pretty good. As I understand, the state of Texas in terms of daily uh, production in oil, I believe, and that that's a good thing. You know, in North Dakota, we're, we're basically a small town, rural, um, 
everybody seems to know everybody else, and it's good to see North Dakota gaining a good, strong foothold again. I was very surprised, though, Jason. I have to tell you, I was very surprised to see Lynn Helms, uh, who holds a pretty big position in terms of our natural resources in the state of North Dakota, saying that oil production is really all about the political aspect of the general election coming up. I was very surprised to hear him say that, and I think it it tends to perpetuate a trend, kind of the politis, politization. That's hard to say. Politicalization of the uh, of the oil industry. I think uh, I think we've gone too far in that direction, and I'm not sure what you think about that, but that's my opinion. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually had that down as one of my questions. We're a non-political program. We're non-polarizing. That doesn't mean that we don't talk about regulations. We don't have politicians on, but. What we try not to do is we try not to get into bombastic uh, sensationalism, that sort of thing. You, of course, you're like I say, you were a former educator on the school board, so you know you've got a little bit more of a you know a different perspective than the average person. And I'm glad you brought up the Lynn Helms thing because I wanted to bring it up from your your volunteer, your government standpoint. That's unusual, isn't it, for a regulator to kind of get that political? Well, it, it is a little unusual, although in North Dakota, let's face it, uh, the oil industry and the uh, political business of government have uh, gotten to the be, be to the point almost of being joined at the hip. Uh, there's a lot of money that flows back and forth between those two, and as we know, uh, money sometimes makes things happen. And uh, I would say that there's little doubt that the, the two are becoming closer and closer all the time. It's kind of a shame because, you know, oil is not about politics. It, it shouldn't be anyway. It's about producing the best we can, taking care of the land and conserving our resources where we can and and hopefully uh, strengthening the, the state coffers as far as revenue from taxes and so on. And and I, uh, I was a little surprised. Basically, uh, Lynn said that if the election turns out one way, uh, there won't be any more drilling in the state of North Dakota. And, uh, you know, that seems to be kind of an extreme attitude. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I would hope that we can keep politics and oil separate. This reminds me of what the agriculture industry went through, the farmers specifically. You know, growing up on, you know, for me, I grew up in ag, and you're on the east side of the state, so you understand ag pretty well just from osmosis. Sure. If, if you didn't have family members a part of the ag industry. You know, pe people forget that. And, in, in, you know, in North Dakota, Fargo is the largest city, and, you know, Fargo, Grand Forks, Wahpeton pretty much make up 60 to 65% of the population of the state. So most of the voting power if not all the voting powers, over on the east side of the state, and that's five hours away from the nearest oil rig. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. And Well, you know, there, there's that's true, Jason. Uh, there, there are more people perhaps on the eastern part of the state. However, the uh, you know, this being a good uh, democracy, uh, I think the majority of the people have to have to take into account the rest of the people too. And and you know, I don't. I would hope there's nobody in politics on the eastern half of the state who believes that uh, the western half uh, isn't just as important or more so. Because because, you know, right now, oil has been uh, a big driving factor for keeping the state going economically. 
But what I hope is, you know, let's face it, the whole country has become much more partisan, much more divided, and that's really a shame. We need to we need to remember that we are the United States of America, and we together. And I, I got to tell you, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. When I see something that I don't like, I tend to become a partisan and. And that's a shame. We need well, to uh, and, we need to pull together. And that's why this is a slippery slope here because um, I, I brought up you know Fargo's you know very you know it gets voted as one of the most liberal cities in the nation. So if if you've got a state whose you know government is getting ten or I'm sorry fifty to sixty percent of its revenue from two oil and gas taxes, the extraction tax and the production tax, you take a look at their general fund and. About fifty to sixty percent of the um, uh, general budgets based on those two taxes. So, if we're getting oil and gas to be that political, and North Dakota is as you know as as it is, that's that's a dangerous slippery slope that we're going down. And I want to get back to that agriculture thing, and then you can chime in on that little sure. that that hand grenade I decided to leave on the ground and let die. But um, <laughs> no, is that. You know, there was a time when the farm, you know, my, my family's farmers. So I got to listen to a lot of the farmers complain about the grocery stores replacing the farmers. And, you know, I think the energy industry is going through that right now where a lot of people, especially the youth, really do not understand the amount of energy coal provides, the amount of energy natural gas provides. And it's easy to, you know, pick and and choose and, and get in the planet of platitudes and say, oh, let's get rid of this and let's get rid of that. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect to where people just think the energy comes from a light switch now. And much, yeah, yeah you know, go ahead and take that wherever direction you want to go. Well, and of course, uh, the energy that we all consume is a very complex uh, grid of providers and resources and transporters and and people who basically have to come together and make it work so that we can all enjoy the fruits of the energy the fruits of the ag industry uh you know farmers are the backbone of north dakota and they have been for the last 150 years and i suspect they will be for the next 150 years our our ag producers are you know they feed the country they feed the world and that's that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. Our energy has risen uh, and fallen over the last uh, 30 years or so. It's up and down, and right now it's somewhat up. Um, we all, what we all need to see is a rise in energy prices so that it becomes wild to, to pump that oil out of the ground. And uh, at a certain amount of, you know, the price per barrel is, has gotten way too cheap. And uh, if you listen to our radio show investment talk on Sunday mornings, uh, we talk about that a lot. And, and not everybody realizes it. They think, well, isn't it good if the price of oil is down or the price of uh, ag products is down? And the answer is no, uh, it isn't that good. Uh, yeah, we don't want to see gas at $5 a gallon, but we need to see oil high enough so that, so that a producer out there can can make a living pumping it out and so that we can afford to pay the workers in the oil industry what they what they should be paid. So we're all in favor of, of that, I can tell you that. And I will tell you, Jason, that my attitude is this. Uh, they're not 
they're not stopping making cars. You know, General Motors and Ford and all those other car companies, they're still making cars. And we're going to need oil and gasoline to power those vehicles, uh, regardless of what the electric power people would like us to think. We're going to need uh, we're going to need oil and gas to make it happen. And North Dakota is right at the forefront of that. And and we we need to make sure that we help those industries where we can. But we also have to be careful that we we don't uh, divert other funds which need to go to other types of things um, and divert those too much into the oil industry uh, because, uh, you know, frankly, the oil companies are making some money. And uh, we just need to make sure that they remain profitable and that they can pump the oil out. And the same thing with ag. Uh, the farmer out there, you know, farmers in the last year have been just beaten around because of various trade programs and things like that. And uh, they need to have some good years out there. Well, I think we're in a very unique position right now. You know, take it a step back and bigger picture, you know. Um, uh, I, I know you you take investors outside of uh, Fargo-Moorhead and outside of North Dakota. You take them all over the country. And so I want to talk about the country a little bit, which is, when I was on your program last month or two months ago, whatever it was, you know, I mentioned that, I don't know, 93, 94% of what we use on a daily basis is a derivative of a, you know, petroleum product. And now we're in this new era of, of PPE products. And I, I look at the energy industry as so much of the economy. I mean, the two are so synonymous because... What you mentioned is right, is that when, when certain prices are down, it affects the rest of the economy for a lot of different reasons. I watched a video yesterday of a guy who have having to use uh, a lot more natural gas to dry his onions out in California because of the wildfires. So it's just, you know, the, the energy, I think, is going to shift a little bit. But I, I don't see a lot of this going away for a while, no matter how much the politics get involved, because so much of our daily lives is reliant on, you know, these, these energy companies to make sure yeah. the light switch comes on and we have the toothpaste and the toothbrush to brush our teeth and et cetera, et cetera. Do, do, you, do you know what I mean by that, Paul? Well, I do. Uh, I, Jason, I think we're, it's a very integrated co- country that we live in. And I, what worries me a little bit is that the uh, the people in the country and the country as a whole, we've all become so divided and, um, and so angry and so uh, driven by our own particular ideas and opinions and prejudices. And that's not all totally bad. But what happens is, in my opinion, if we're going to solve these problems that we face in this country, and we do face some problems. If we're going to solve those problems, we have to come together, and uh, we have to we have to come together to support farmers, and we have to come together to support the oil industry, and we have to come together to support the states where we're getting these uh, hurricanes and forest fires. And I don't think we can pit one against the other. I think we need to find ways to work together and and avoid blaming. Uh, you know, one group or the other. And and I think when we do that as a country, there's really nothing we can't solve, no problem we can't deal with. But we do need to get over this uh, finding of the blame and, and picking away at, at other people. And, you know, my attitude is somebody who lives in the state of uh, Nevada or Nebraska or Montana 
we're, we're all related to these people, you know, maybe not by blood, but, but uh, we're all part of the same team. And we need to pull together. We need to help. You know, agriculture from time to time needs a helping hand. That's why we have things like price supports and, and other government programs to help agriculture. And the same thing is true uh, for the oil industry. And the same thing is true for, for states. I mean, right now, we've just got a ridiculous amount of forest fires out there. And I was very proud to see that uh, fire departments from the state of North Dakota were headed out to Oregon and California to help out out there. I mean, that's what this country is all about. I was going to ask you if the uh, wildfires have impacted any energy stocks that, that, you've, that you've seen or noticed or anything along those lines. Well, of course, California is a big energy producer as well. So their oil industry is definitely being impacted right now by, uh, by what's going on out there. And, uh, yeah, I think that anytime you have natural disasters like this, it, it impacts the oil industry. And, of course, we've got hurricanes going on down south. About the only thing we don't have, Jason, is uh, the group of locusts invading <laughs> the country. We, we Let's don't, hope we don't get that. If, huh? if the frogs come next, man, I'm out of yeah. here. <laughs> I'm That's <fine>. right. <laughs> That's right. I, I better brush up on my uh, uh, book Frog of Ex- language, yeah. book of Exodus here to see what the next <laughs> the, the next thing is coming. But you're right. There, there's a lot of natural disasters happening, and and it really it's hard to get a handle on a lot of you know. Right now, we're just in such times of uncertainty, you know, and and. So, you know, the oil and gas industry is used to uncertain times, but man, every industry, restaurant industry, you know, NFL doesn't even know if they can have games at next week or fans at next week's games. And, you know, imagine, imagine, you know, the Minnesota Vikings for the first time in the history of the franchise have a home opener against the hated rival, the Green Bay Packers, and nobody, and nobody can go to the game. I mean... That's a huge hit there. So this is from some really difficult times to invest right now. But uh, if somebody wants to, you know, get some help from you and uh, help navigate through these really uncertain times of investment, uh, give yourself a plug so people can uh, reach out to you. Well, thanks, Jason. You know, we do get people who uh, hear us on shows like yours and on our Sunday morning radio show. And it's amazing how many people all over the area are interested in in the investment world. And they should be, because if they have an IRA or a 401k or whatever, it's pretty important to pay attention to that because we're definitely at an inflection point. And to reach us, pretty easy to do wherever you are. If you just dial 701-365-8083, or if you go online to LegacyWealthFargo.com or LegacyWealthBismarck.com, you'll you'll get a hold of us and uh, you'll see what's going on. I guess we're on Facebook too. Uh, watch out. There's a lot of Legacy Wealth Managements out there, but uh, if you get Fargo or Bismarck in the name, you know you've got us. 